Welcome to the Chicago Poetry Tour podcast, produced by the Poetry Foundation, publisher of Poetry Magazine. This is tour number 22, the Southside Community Arts Center. This tour tells the story of the Arts Center and features poetry by Haki Matabuti. The Chicago Poetry Tour is a multimedia tour of poetry written in and about Chicago. It features a wide range of poets, set in a variety of neighborhoods and landmarks. The tour explores 22 sites around the city and showcases the dynamic and legendary history of poetry in Chicago through archival and contemporary recordings of poets and scholars, local musicians, and historic photos. You can take the whole tour for free at poetryfoundation.org. Raising money for an arts organization is rarely easy. Now imagine trying to raise money in a poor community during the Great Depression. That's how the Southside Community Arts Center got started. It opened in 1940 as part of the Works Progress Administration's Federal Art Project and was dedicated by then-First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. Of the more than 100 art centers created by the WPA during the 1930s and 40s, this is the only one still in existence. Today the building is a Chicago landmark. The Art Center has long been an important fixture in the Chicago art scene, presenting exhibitions by local and nationally known African-American artists and classes for the community. Important writers, including Richard Wright and Gwendolyn Brooks, have given workshops here for young authors. The Southside Community Arts Center is one of the institutions that was formative for poet Haki Matabuti. You know, I said grew up around pimps and holes, slamming Cadillac dolls on the Lower East Side of Detroit, Michigan, West Side of Chicago. But, he says, his life was saved by literature, beginning when he was 14 and his mother sent him to a local library to get a book by Richard Wright. Black boy had hit the market and everybody was talking about it. And my mother actually go to the Detroit Public Library to check the book out and I refused because I want to go to a white library, request a book with black in the title authored by a black man criticizing white America because I was ashamed of being black. Being raised in apartheid America, the educational system was very effective in teaching us how to hate ourselves. But my mother persisted and I went to the, the library and found a book on the shelf and put it to my chest and walked in on people's section of the library and sat down and began to read. And for the first time in my 14 years, I was reading literature that was not an insult to my own personhood words and sentences and paragraphs about me, about us. I read half the book in the library at that time, checked the book out, and finished the book in less than 24 hours. That's how that literature had affected me. So I gave the book to my mother the next day, and then I went back to the library and checked everything that Richard Wright had published out. And that started my journey with literature. An important phase in that journey was his long association with Gwendolyn Brooks. During weekly workshops, Brooks served as a mentor and inspiration to Matabuti and other writers. Much later, Matabuti helped establish the Gwendolyn Brooks Center at Chicago State University and has written poems in her honor, including this one on her birthday in 1990. Ms. Brooks had turned 73 years old, and this is one of the 10 poems that I've written for her over the years. Here's Haki Matabuti reading Quality, Gwendolyn Brooks at 73. Breath, 
Life after seven decades plus three years is a lot of breathing. 73 years on this earth is a lot of taking in and giving out. It's a life of coming from somewhere and for many, a bunch of going nowhere. How do we celebrate a poet who has created music with words for over 50 years? Who has showered magic on her people? Who has redefined poetry into a black world exactness, thereby giving the universe an insight into dark roads? Just say she interprets beauty and wants to give life. Say she is patient with phoniness and doesn't mind the people calling her Gwen or sister. Say she sees the genius in our children, is visionary about possibilities, sees as clearly as Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, hears like determined elephants looking for food. Say that her touch is fine wood, her memory is like an African road map detailing adventure and clarity. You're returning to Chicago South Evans to record the journey. Say her voice is majestic and magnetic as she speaks in poetry, rhythm, song, and spirited trumpets. Say she is dark-skinned, melanin-rich, small-boned, hurricane-willed, with a mind like a tornado redefining the landscape. Life after seven decades plus three years is a lot of breathing. Gwendolyn, Gwen, Sister G, has not disappointed our anticipations. In the middle of her eldership, she brings us vigorous language, memory, illumination. She brings breath. That's Hakeem Adabudi reading Quality, Gwendolyn Brooks at 73, a poem from the book Heart Love. Besides writing over two dozen books, Madhubuti has established schools and scholarships. In 1967, he started Third World Press out of his home. Since then, Third World Press has grown into a multi-million dollar publishing house devoted to the work of African-American writers and scholars. His poetry often addresses social and political issues, and his concerns range from local to international. After many trips to Africa, Madhubuti has the highest regard for African people and culture but the genocide in Rwanda shocked him. What happened in Rwanda kind of tore my heart out, and uh, I stopped being naive about Africa, most certainly. This brought a new reality to my association with that vast continent and its people. And inspired this poem. Rwanda, where tears have no power. Who has the moral high ground? Fifteen blocks from the White House, on small corners in northwest D.C., boys disguised as men rip each other's hearts out with weapons made in China. They fight for territory. Across the planet, in a land where civilization was born, the boys of D.C. know nothing about their distant relatives in Rwanda. They have never heard of the Hutu or Tutsi people. Their eyes draw blanks at the mention of Kugali, Boyambi, and Bateri. All they know are the streets of D.C. and do not cry at funerals anymore. Numbers and frequencies have a way of making murder commonplace and not news, unless it spreads outside of our house block territory. Modern massacres are intra-ethnic. Bosnia, Sri Lanka, Burundi, Nagorno-Karabakh, Iraq, Lagos, Angola, Liberia, 
and Rwanda are small foreign names on a map made in Europe. When bodies by the tens of thousands float down a river turning the water the color of blood, as a quarter of a million people flee barefooted into Tanzania and Zaire, somehow we notice. We do not smile. We have no more tears. We hold our thoughts in deeply muted silence looking south and thinking that today Nelson Mandela seemed much larger than he is. Hakim Adabudi, reading Rwanda, where tears have no power. This has been the Chicago Poetry Tour podcast. This was tour number 22, the Southside Community Arts Center. The narrator was Richard Steele. The opening music is by the Deep Blue Organ Trio, used with permission of Delmark Records. The full tour with 22 sites is available for free. You can take the multimedia tour online or download audio files at poetryfoundation.org. I'm Ed Herman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>